Welcome back to Coastal Covers. This is the GCG, and uh, I am here to recap the madness that was week two of college football. Good golly, did the FBS world go insane. Uh, FCS teams beating beating FBS teams, group of five teams beating power five teams, all these things happening on the road. Major, major, major upsets. Um, yeah. Let's just uh, let's just get to it. Let's start with uh, Friday and and work our way through the madness. So the first upset of the weekend, um, this one not quite as shocking as some as some of the other ones, but I still was surprised. I mean, I did take Louisville plus the six and a half. I did think uh, as long as without an overreaction to what happened in the Syracuse game, I thought you know Louisville, UCF, two pretty similar teams um, around a touchdown seemed like too much and. Uh, Apparently it was. Louisville comes out, they win 20 to 14. Um, my main takeaway from this game, really not too much of it surprises me. And, and this doesn't surprise me either, but it's it's just something to remember moving forward. Um, John Rice Plumley, the uh quarterback for UCF, he's a pretty talented dude, and, and there's gonna be times where he's gonna put up monster numbers with this team, but also uh Gus Malzon just has a way of making quarterbacks not look good. <laughs> and uh, this offense just did not cater to Plumley at all this weekend. It was just, it was bad. I mean, 3.9 yards per attempt on passes, six of 34 for 131 and a pick. Ugh, just not good at all. Um, there were some really good things about the team, you know, as far as the receivers looked good. Um, okay. So Johnny Richardson needs to be included in the offense a lot, a lot, a lot more. This dude averaged like 11 yards per carry week one, over nine yards per carry this game. Um, also had a couple of receptions for 25 yards. I mean, Bowser's a good running back. I really like Bowser, um, but Johnny Richardson's explosive, and they need to get him involved a lot more. Um you need to you need to open the field a little more. I mean, I know Plumlee's not like a cannon back there, but I don't know. Uh, Malzahn's got some things to figure out, and uh, good bounce back for Louisville there. Cunningham and the boys they 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 came, they got it done. I mean, I still wasn't overly impressed. They played good defense, which I was surprised about. That's not what I expected. Um, but the offense really hasn't gotten rolling yet, and and then that, that's surprising. This team has a lot of offensive weapons, and I think he needs to figure it out. Satterfield, some of his uh, play calling looked pretty vanilla out there. So um, Boise State, New Mexico was the other game that night. Boise State bounced back after the Oregon State game, rolls New Mexico up. Uh, <laughs> New Mexico's offense is god-awful. Let's just uh, let's just make that clear. Rocky Long, the defense for New Mexico looks fine. The offense is one of the worst in all of F FBS football, so um, not good. But uh, Boise still struggled, still struggled a lot of that game. They pulled away, but um, – I don't know. I don't think I trust the Avalos thing, but we'll see moving forward. Sammy Hartman comes back for Wake Forest and starts the Hartman for Heisman campaign. Uh, 18 to 27 for 300 yards and four touchdowns, no picks. Wake absolutely fucks up Vanderbilt. Um, we'll roll along. UNC narrowly escapes victory against Georgia State. So this team living by the skin of its teeth. 
Um, certainly not living by the defense, that's for sure, because they still were uh, getting getting marched on at times in this game. And um, there was a time where Georgia State took this game over. So North Carolina, better lucky than good, I guess, to start this season. But um, I have a feeling it's going to catch up to them sooner rather than later. Alabama, Texas, man, did this game go bananas. <laughs> um, Alabama escapes with the win 20-19, to 19, but um, Quinn Ewers – I feel bad for the kid. I, I haven't actually looked at what happened as far as diagnostically yet, but I'm assuming it was a collarbone just from watching the game and seeing the hit. Um, I don't think it was a, a, a bad hit on the quarterback, by the way. I don't think it was a dirty play or anything like that. It's whatever. He drove the quarterback to the ground, but I, I think it was a pretty fine hit. Um but it sucks. I mean, yours, you know, I'm not his biggest cheerleader or anything, but he was looking good and it was looking exciting there. And then he went down. Hudson Card came in. He played hurt a lot of the game. Um, Texas was really, really, really up for this game. I mean, that's cool. I'll say that much. But Alabama looked mortal out there. So, um, for one, you take Alabama, you put them in a non-conference game on the road. This is what happens. Um, you know, I laid the 20 and a half. That was my pick for the week, but I said it wasn't a high-confidence play for me, and that was why. I haven't seen it. We've only seen it three times. This is the fourth time we've ever seen you know, Nick Saban play a non-conference opponent on the road. So I wasn't very confident in this one. I, I, I didn't want to bet Texas because I don't trust Sarkeesian. You know, I, I, I didn't trust Ewers yet. I'd never seen him play major football, so I didn't know. But um, I knew there was a possibility that this game would look like this, so – um, you get them on the road, they're a little bit more susceptible. You get them on the road in a non-conference game in a wild environment, and yeah, they look they look human. I mean, a lot of mistakes. Will Anderson specifically, a lot of penalties. So, um, I mean, he came up late in the game with some big plays. So, you know, that's that's goes to show. Yeah, he's still a great football player. You know, it's, it's not like he fell off a hill. It's just that environment messes with these are these are kids. These are kids, man. <laughs> um, Never looked more evident with an Alabama team than it did that game, but really great game. That was fun. Um, shout out Mike Elko getting Duke a win over Northwestern. I was on the wrong side of that, but I just wanted to point that one out. Um, maybe he's turned that team around a little faster than we were thinking. Arkansas, woo, pig, suey coming up with a 44-30 to win over South Carolina. Um, Rattler putting up big numbers as far as uh, – as far as yardage, I mean, 376 yards, but um, just taking sacks and, and he threw one touchdown, one interception, um, just couldn't make the big plays when it mattered. So um, I don't know. South Carolina, I didn't think they were going to be a great football team. They hung in that game, which is good. But um, Arkansas looking pretty damn good. However, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm starting to like that I, that I played over on them. And uh, I know their schedule's tough, but they look like a really good team. I mean, Sanders, that running back, Raheem Sanders, that dude ran all over the place, 156 yards, two touchdowns, um, just going nuts. He was also a little bit involved in the passing game. K.J. Jefferson doing it with the legs and the arm. This team's fun, man, and they're physical, and, and I think they're going to be a challenge for – for even the good teams in the SEC. We'll put it that way. I, I think this team could fight. UTSA, Army, uh, just wanted to point out that Army let me down again another week in a row, but I do like UTSA, so I am happy about it. I'm, I'm fine with them getting the win. 
Missouri, Kansas State. Kansas State destroys Missouri. This was one of my favorite plays of the week, the Kansas State lane, seven and a half. I saw a lot of people going the other way. Desmond Howard on game day picked Missouri as a super dog. Man, get out of here. I, I was even tentatively like higher on Missouri from a standpoint of like, I think they're really talented. I think they have a lot of talent on that team, but they're still not a good team. Um, they still have a long way to go uh, for him to not lose his job. So um, against the Kansas state team that I actually think could potentially have a shot at winning the entire big 12, man, you ain't going into their stadium. You ain't going to Manhattan, Kansas and beating Kansas state. Get out of here. So, um, the Adrian Martinez hate is real. Everybody gets all over them. You know, again, nothing great in the passing game, but they don't have to, they don't have to light the scoreboard up through the air. It's just not their style. They play sick defense and they have one of the best running backs in the entire country. Um, so moving on, we will go to, uh, I should skip over this game for my own sanity. Um, I am a Notre Dame fan. Marshall comes into town and just uh, wipes the floor, controls the entire game over Notre Dame. Um, I, I don't know what to say. It was it was just a really good game plan. Um, it, it, it was. It, um, I'm trying to think of the coach's name. I know it's, I think it's Wells. I, I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. Um, he was an Alabama coordinator that ended up taking the Marshall job. I think he was like a running backs coach, but um yeah, he gets it done. He comes in, you know, and he, he takes down Marcus Freeman's the first Notre Dame coach to ever start off 0-3 in his first three games. Um, I'm still on board. I'm still glad Brian Kelly's gone. Um, but it's it's going to be a project here. The offense for Notre Dame, I, I, I mean, it's terrible. It's so bad. Buckner, um, Buckner's just not the answer. He's not electric. He's not great. He's okay. Um but their the run game, it's it's less than exciting. We'll put it that way. It's not great. There's there's nobody that jumps off the page at you. Uh, the receivers, other than Mayer, you have nothing. So um, the defense, it's just it's you're on the field the whole game, and and you have to make every play. And I, I think I think coming after a, a Ohio State game week one where they played their hearts out and they kept that game close for you know the entire game. Um, and you know what a task that is with Ohio State's offense. Um, I think they were just probably exhausted to come and have to make, you know, play this Marshall team and, and uh, you know, hold them down for an entire four quarters, and you're probably not up for the game. Um, it, it's tough. So I, I don't know. I, I I really, I really, I'm not going to take it. Charlie Huff, that's the coach's name. I was kind of like looking that up while I was talking here. Sorry. Um yeah, it's it's I, I I don't think it's a sign that this team's ready to fall off the face of the earth. I think it was just um <clears throat> just just a bad bad situation. I mean, I took the 20 and a half, 21 points with Marshall. It was one of my more confident plays, honestly. And I was worried about this game coming into it. I remember the Toledo game last year, and Toledo honestly should have beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame got lucky and escaped with their lives, and I was remembering that. I was like, man. That Marshall game is going to be tough. I think I even said it on our independent preview podcast or possibly the uh, Sunbelt podcast that we did, the preview. Um, I, I remember saying it at some point that I was worried about this Marshall game. I was worried that this is a team that lives for coming into Power 5 stadiums and beating them. And, and uh, 
man, that born that running back for Marshall, he looked good against a good D line, you know, 31 rushes, 163 yards, a touchdown. That dude was a monster. And, 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 you know, that's not even the best running back that they have on that roster. It's just Rasheen Ali has been out, um, I believe for personal reasons, but man, imagine, imagine if they had him too. I, I don't even know, but, um, We'll move on. We'll move on from my Irish. We'll let them lay and rest another week. Oh, God. Um, and then the very next game, App State 17 to 14, Kyle Field and College Station. Um, I said it last week. Stop selling me this AM team as a playoff contender. I haven't seen anything in all in the, the last three years that they're trying to cram this team down my throat to tell me that this is a playoff team. I'm not even sure it was an eight-win team going into the season. I picked the under. I, I, I picked them at eight, eight and four, I think, and I picked the under. And I was pretty confident about it because, I, you know, last year, Haynes King, before he got hurt, he didn't show anything. And, and he, he went out there and he, he looked pedestrian. App State comes into College Station. And now I know, I know it's App State. I know they've done this very thing before. I know they, you know, marched into the big house when they were an FCS team and took down Michigan when they were good. So... I know it's happened before, but but this is the SEC. What is happening <laughs> now? I again, I took the points in this game on the pick show. I said, I said the sentence. Do I think they're going to win? No. Do I think it's insane that they could win this game? No. <laughs> and uh, here we are. So A and M uh, has Miami coming up. Miami of Florida. I don't know. Good luck, man. If you guys can't score, I know your defense is good, but if you can't score, you're leaving every single team that comes into that stadium in the game for long enough that if they can get their offense going, you're going to lose. You're just like Iowa. <laughs> AM is no different than Iowa at this point. If your defense doesn't hold its end of the deal the entire game, every situation, you could lose that game. So, I don't know. I mean, wild, wild game. Crazy that it happened, but it happened. So <laughs> um, Memphis 37 to 13 over Navy. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this game. I'm just going to say it might be time for Ken Niamatalolo to uh, to clear out his things. I know he's, you know, a legendary coach there, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, let me say this. I already, I already point out, pointed out that Army's had a rough start to the season, and, and they they should have been good this year. And I whine and I cry about all these teams ditching the triple option because I love triple option football. But, um, you know, other than Air Force, because Air Force is holding up their end of the deal, but Air Force is running something I would compare a little bit more to Coastal Carolina, a little bit newer of an option offense, which which Army actually, you know, Army and Navy both were slinging the ball around this weekend. Um, but, but Army more so. Army was throwing the ball all over the place. And... Um, Air Force does it too uh, with Hazik Daniels. So I I think this is what you're going to see is more that Coastal Carolina type of option offense more than the triple option because I, I don't think Navy is clearly the team that runs the triple option to its purest, and they're terrible now. They're horrible. They're not competitive. They're one of the worst teams in the AAC, um, and they're, they're getting really close to auto-fade for me. I, I mean – Maybe against some of the lesser teams in the conference, they're still gonna still gonna hold it tight. But I mean, Memphis is a team that's not good on the road. Memphis is a middle of the pack AAC team. 
Um, Memphis is not a good defensive team. And Memphis came into your stadium on the second leg of a back-to-back road trip and whipped your ass uh, and held you to 14 points. So I don't know. They're going to have to figure it out. But I'm looking around the league and I'm seeing what, you know, Army and Air Force are doing. And Air Force, Air Force, you know, they they are really changing up things and, and changing their offense. Now, as I say that, I'm, I'm also like looking up their stats and they only passed the ball five times and only completed one this week. That's because they didn't have to this week. Colorado sucks. <laughs> You'll see in the games where they have to open it up a little bit more that they do pass the ball with Ezekiel Daniels. And uh, Army Army threw for, I think, over 300 yards this week. So these triple option teams are starting to try to figure it out because uh, I, I don't I don't know that the triple option works anymore in, in nowadays, you know, college football. Maybe you'll sneak an upset every now and then, but on the week-to-week basis, it's looking pretty bad. So it's depressing. But um, moving on, Air Force 41-10 to 10 over Colorado. Feeling pretty good about that Colorado under three and a half. We'll just uh, leave it at that. Tennessee comes into uh, Acupuncture Stadium, whatever they're calling Heinz Field this this year, <laughs> um, and they win thirty four to twenty seven in overtime. Um, sucks, man. Uh, I, I didn't understand this line, and it ends up being a push, which happens with these weird lines so many times. Where if you just take the initial line that you get, I got the seven. It's a push. Really, when I bet this game, I bet it very sparingly, and I put uh, I bought a half a point <laughs> for Pitt, and I took the seven and a half. So I'm really happy I did that. Picks podcast, it was a push for me, but in my actual gambling account, um, I used it with the seven and a half, and I got it. So, um, and then Hooker looked all, all right. You know, I, I say all right. I mean, he looked good. You know, his completions for attempts were a little uh, not great, but. He still, he still, you know, threw for 325 yards, two TDs, and didn't turn the ball over. So there you go. Happy about that. Um, Keaton Slovis got hurt that game. The announcers were calling for it like the whole game because he's just on his ass the entire time. I don't know what's going on with that Pitt offensive line, but um, a lot of cool things about this game. But, you know, once Pitt's down to the backup quarterback, there you have it. You're playing in a little bit of a down spot after uh, being so up for the backyard brawl. You hung tough. You looked good out there for most of the game. You went on your backup quarterback, and uh, it is what it is, man. Tennessee came into town. They beat you. They look kind of legitimate this year. They're going to turn counterfeit when it comes to the big physical games against good teams. You know, uh, Georgia's going to beat the hell out of them. Bama would beat them by 40. Or, yeah, Bama and them play. So they're they're cross-division rivals, right? Yeah. So um, I don't know. They'll look, they'll look a little bit worse when they start playing some better – physical teams but um really you know that that matchup i'm not taking too much from that 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 was a close game should have been a close game it went to overtime is what it is so tennessee a little more legitimate than we thought um washington state goes into camp randall and beats wisconsin this is another one just like app state you know i I was on washington state side i said take the points one of my favorite plays 17 points 17 and a half points some spots uh, Washington State was getting, and, and I said it again. Do I think they're going to go to Camp Randall and win? Probably not, but it wouldn't be surprising. Wisconsin, um, they're just not good enough offensively. Uh, they're a slightly better version of Iowa. That's all they are now. Uh, you, you have a terrible quarterback. Your offense is solely reliant on the run game, and you have a good defense. So if the other team could put up a couple points, 
you're not going to be able to hang, you know, you're not going to be able to pull away from anybody uh, unless you start out, just come out, run the ball down their throat and play lock solid defense the entire game. If you give up a couple touchdowns, if you have to chase a little bit, you're in trouble. So here we see it again. Washington State gets a huge win cross country. Um, I like it. I like this Washington State team. I was over on the over five and a half. I was on the under for Wisconsin. I think this style of football is dying out a little bit. I'm not going to be one of those people. Now, uh, freaking Chris, is that still? I believe it's Chris. <laughs> I was just the only name that really matters to me is uh, Leonard, Jim Leonard, their defensive coordinator, because he's been the only reason the team's even good for, for years now. But um, I, I think Ferentz, too, I, like, I don't think they're bad coaches. I think they're. I think Ferentz is an amazing coach for one. Let's let's not get that twisted. I think he's been a great coach for a long time, um, but I think it's just the style of football that they play in twenty twenty two. Sure, it'll get you bowling or better every year, but I, I think the time where it's going to win you conference championships or at least get you to the conference championship, I think that time is past. Uh, where it's going to do it year in year out, I, I think that that day and age is gone. So. Um, these teams are starting to look a little more human. We can't count on Wisconsin for nine or ten wins every year. I don't think we can count on Iowa for seven or eight wins every single year anymore. Um, I think they're going to have years where they where they go down a little bit from that because if, if they're going to trot these quarterbacks out there that look that bad, they're going to struggle. Um, shout out James Madison, 63-7. to seven. They've beaten their opponents like 100 and something to 14 over the last two weeks, so – Welcome to the uh, welcome to the FBS boys. You're holding up your end of the bargain, huh? Um, James or yeah, uh, Eastern Kentucky Bowling Green. Scotty Leffler goes down in seven overtimes. <laughs> Eastern Kentucky wins fifty nine to fifty seven. I think it is time for the Leffler era to end. The experiment did not work. Honestly, Bowling Green has a tradition of being a pretty good Mac school, pumping out some pretty good coaches. This is not one of them. Scott Leffler, it's time to go, dude. You're losing the FCS. I know Eastern Kentucky's good. I know that team really wants to be in the MAC more than any of the teams in the MAC want to be in the MAC. Um, but Christ. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, the Cyhawk game. Iowa State, Iowa in Kinnick, and Iowa State somehow finally pulls it off. It wasn't pretty, but they got the win 10-7. to uh, I was on that side of things. I said play the money line. I thought this was the year, and then immediately when this game started and there was, I believe, a blocked punt, um, I was like, shit, here we go. I, I picked Matt Campbell to do this again, and I was wrong again. <laughs> but um, it was a defensive game that, you know, Iowa State just got lucky enough to score a touchdown in, uh, you know, and, and that be the difference maker of, of what was essentially just a defensive battle the entire time. So, uh, the quarterback for Iowa State, Deckers, he looked all right. But, I mean, you know, the numbers are nothing special. But going in and holding up your end of the deal, I know he threw two picks, but the holding up your end of the game and, and just getting the win over Iowa, you did everything. I mean, I'm pretty impressed with that. Did everything you could to get the win. So um, Iowa's defense is just so, so nasty, but that offense is so ridiculously bad. I, I just can't wrap my mind around it. <laughs> um yeah, Cal escapes a win at home, Berkeley over uh, UNLV twenty to fourteen. So UNLV keeping it up, looking a little better. But Cal, we got to we got to play better football than that guy. So let's go. Um, Houston, Texas Tech, Texas Tech wins in two overtimes, thirty three to thirty. Uh, 
Houston, you're, you're doing your best impression of a of a decent G5 team right now. So uh, I'm disappointed. I don't think Texas Tech is, is a very good Power 5 team. I know Lubbock is a hard place to play, but it's not like it's a far travel or anything like that. I mean, come on, guys. You know, yeah, you're going up against the the the, the home crowd and stuff, but I, I don't know. Clayton Toon's been in college football for like 10 years at this point, you know, like – just be ready for it. I, I don't. I don't know. So uh, they played well, you know. But if you're gonna, if you want me to take you serious, you got to beat UTSA, you know, in regulation by a couple touchdowns. You got to beat Texas Tech. I know it's tough to start two games on the road against like Texas schools and stuff, but these are games you got to win if you want to be taken serious. So. Um, their dream season already over. Yeah, maybe they end up somewhere in the top 25 at the end of the year, but uh, grand scheme of things, they're already pretty much done. The best they could do is hope for a, a New Year's Six, I guess. So uh, there you have it. Middle Tennessee, 34, Colorado State, 19. Only reason I'm bringing up this game is I bet Colorado State minus 7.5, and, and I was pretty pissed. Um, MTSU goes out there and gets housed week one by JMU. And then they travel cross country, second leg of a back to back, and they whip the shit out of Colorado State. Um, I think we might have all been premature on thinking Jay Norvell had this team uh, talented and ready to go. It's apparently it's going to take some time here, so maybe fade Colorado State until later in the season because things aren't working very well right there right now. Virginia, Illinois, Illinois twenty four to three. Uh, I took Virginia in the four and a half in this game. I said stay away from the money line because I didn't think they were going to win. I took Virginia in the four and a half because I typically take any teams that play like Iowa or play Illinois. I, I take the three somewhere in that game. You know, if, if, if those teams are favored, I take anything over three points is what I'm getting at. Because um, I knew, I said it preseason, I, I picked I picked Illinois to get this win this year, even though Virginia blew them out last year. And the reason being was that, uh, Virginia was terrible on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And, yeah, they were dominated at the line of scrimmage in this game. They couldn't get anything done on offense. Uh, Illinois def- or Illinois's offense was able to muster up 24 against uh, what is a really bad Virginia defense. Well, actually, you know, there was a scoop and score for Illinois in that game. So one of those touchdowns was actually a defensive touchdown too. So um, Illinois still not very good offensively. But their defense is pretty strong, and, and if they play a team that's weak in the trenches like that, they got a chance to uh, go out there and get it done against whoever they're playing. So um, Virginia, not a very great football team. This wallet loss, not very surprising to me. The blowout's a little surprising, but, hey, is what it is. Incarnate Word FCS team goes into Nevada and takes down the Wolfpack. So Ken Wilson's boys been playing pretty tough for him in his first year here, but we're starting to see – the wheels come off the bus now, I think. Um, they got a couple wins to start the season over some trash opponents, and uh, now they play a decent FCS, and uh, look what happens. So um, I think once they get in a conference play, you're going to see Nevada start start to stack these losses up. So um, not a huge surprise to me there that that happened. Holy Cross and Buffalo, this one is a little more surprising. Now Holy Cross beat UConn last year. Uh, good, good for them. They're a good FCS team, you know, for sure. Do I expect them to march into Buffalo and beat them? No. What, what, what is going on out there with Marquise Lindquist? Um, they have a talented team. They raided the portal. They got a lot of talented players in, but uh, 
just not putting it together at all there. So uh, that experiment there might be falling apart pretty quick. Coastal Carolina. Now, this is where I'm saying that I'm worried about Army. I thought Army was going to be a good team this year. Um, but Coastal Carolina fought to the wire to get a win over Gardner-Webb, 31-27. to I'm not expecting – I expect Coastal Carolina to be good this year, but not – great this year and and this result isn't too surprising to me they they really had a lot of roster turnover um and they're not a juggernaut school that oh they just reload yeah they're gonna be fine they're gonna have some talented guys but i expected them to struggle a bit this year and the fact that they beat army so easily that made me worry about army because this is more of the coastal carolina i was expecting so uh just wanted to point that out uab goes out to liberty takes the loss 21 14 for liberty so um not a huge surprise there. Interesting game. Uh, UAB, I kind of expected things to be a little bit of a struggle for them this year without uh, without their head coach, but Bill Clark. I, I was pretty pretty uh, surprised they came out week one and just absolutely uh, took it to the face of, a, of an FCS opponent, but that's an FCS opponent. Now you go, you hit the road, you play a, a good independent team, and, and you get beat. So, um I think UAB is still going to be one of the best teams in the Conference USA this year, but I think they're they're a little more beatable than their roster should be. So uh, nothing special on the Liberty side of things, but they get a big win for their team. So good good news there. East Carolina, my Pirates get it done over ODU, thirty nine to twenty one. Um, just pointing out this game because I'm pretty stoked that the ECU Pirates got this one done. Um, I, I have them for the over this year. That's why. Uh, that's why I'm happy about that. Notre Dame's my favorite team. East Carolina is just a team I root for, you know, like a side chick. So <laughs> just point that one out. Plus, I was uh, decently high on the 12 and a half that they were given in that game. So I'm um, happy to see them get it done. But here's a team I'm very happy about. Kansas in overtime wins 55 to 42 in Morgantown. Um, man, uh, I think I think we've seen the end of Neil Brown. So I put him on my hot seat. He was He was my number one. Not like number one most likely to get fired, but I put him as number one on my list of co- top five coaches on the hot seat because I thought it was kind of a fun one to put on there. Um, I didn't see a ton of people talking about it. I know I know West Virginia fans are kind of sick of him and the mediocrity that he's brought brought to that program. And uh, yeah, it's it's just it's not great there, uh, Kansas. I do really think they're improved. I think they're an improving program, obviously with Leipold. I think he's breathed some new life into that team. Um, but they still shouldn't be at the point where they're ready to walk into Morgantown and get a win on the road. I, I know West Virginia, you're on the letdown spot. Um, you know, you didn't win the backyard brawl, but you put your heart and soul into that game to to hang around and, and make it a close game. And uh, you got let down in, in dramatic fashion in that game too, which is always tough to rebound from when you're college kids. But um, still, Kansas shouldn't be able to walk into Morgantown and get that win. So, uh it's a good statement for Kansas. It's a good thing for Leopold. Um, the program is heading in the right direction, definitely. West Virginia, not so much. Wrong direction. Neil Brown, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Start packing up your things and, and looking for real estate uh, near some G5 teams that might have some openings. Uh, <laughs> you know. Um, so let's go ahead. Let's move on. Let's talk Kentucky, Florida. Uh, this is another game I was pretty high on taking the points. I got it at four and a half. And then when it went all the way up to six, I hammered that. Um, Florida coming off a huge upset over Utah. You know, Utah, like a potential playoff team, you know, preseason, everybody's talking. 
and Kentucky rolls down into the swamp and gets the win. Now, I wasn't huge on the money line play. I was huge on taking the points. Um, I wasn't huge on the money line play only because Kentucky, you know, they've only since like 1979, I think I pointed this out on the pick show, they've only won in Gainesville one time, <laughs> and that was in 2018. So this is just the second time since 1979. Um, I don't think it's a bad look for Billy Napier, nothing like that. It's just the team's not quite there yet. You're one-dimensional on offense. I think I think you could take uh, take some pride in the fact that they're playing good defense. They're fighting. You're one-dimensional on offense. If people could put AR-15, Anthony Richardson, that's <laughs> what Colby Dan on the SGPN calls him. I like that nickname, so I stole it. Thanks, Colby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you can keep him in a box, um, you know, they're beatable. So that's, that's all there is to it. Uh, Kentucky, right now, they're the more talented team overall. They got the win. It makes sense. All right. So moving on, we will go to – we'll just shout out Syracuse. Big win over UConn, which, which you know, that's a good sign for Dino Babers and his and his crew out there. Um, you beat the hell out of Louisville. Week one surprised everybody. And then week two, you take a sleepy road trip to, to UConn, and, and you take down Jim Moore's team, uh, who could have been playing a little chippy. So um, – I think it's just a very good win when you're talking college football situations. I was on UConn taking the points because of the situation, and uh, they they laid it on them. So impressive win for Syracuse so far. A good start. Um, Arizona State goes uh, to Stillwater, plays Oklahoma State, gets beat by 17. Um, good look for Oklahoma State. I will say that. Good look for them. They've actually they've started off the season playing pretty well. I know that Central Michigan win uh, week one looks a little suspect, but that was that was all backdoor there. Um, really, halftime Oklahoma State was beating the holy hell out of Central Michigan. Um, so I wouldn't read too much into that. This game I would read into. They did what they should do. They went out there. They covered. They won. Um, you know, I was on the wrong side of that one. I, I expected Arizona State to move the ball a little better. So, OK State, the defense hasn't fallen off too drastically from Jim Knowles. It's a good sign for the team. So, uh, good looking out. Georgia Southern goes into Lincoln and gets Scott Frost fired. Well, we'll put it this way more so. Scott Frost got himself fired. Embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing. Nebraska, what the fuck? <laughs> this team was playing the triple option for decades before this. <laughs> and now they go to an air raid and they're able to come into Lincoln and put up 45 points on you and beat you. Are you kidding me? You're a Big Ten team with a Big Ten O-line and D-line and you can't control the line of scrimmage against 200-some pound linemen? What the fuck? So uh, Scott Frost is done. Good. You deserve it. You you suck. <laughs> so uh, interesting to see what Nebraska has there going forward for the rest of the year. Hopes aren't high. Also, hopes aren't high on my Georgia Southern under now. Uh, this was not a game I was counting on them getting, obviously. So there, there, there we have it. <laughs> USC rolls up Stanford 41-28. to um, It's getting a little scary there with USC. They're looking real. So uh, all the haters. We'll see. We'll see. You know, the next game, Fresno, and then they got to go to Corvallis. So uh, we'll see. But I don't know. I think a lot of people were expecting this game to be close. USC covers the nine. That's the side I was on. Um, they got some firepower. Stanford, on the other hand, uh, what happened to Stanford defense? I just don't know. Uh, David Shaw, maybe start uh, packing your things up as well. 
Virginia Tech beats Boston College in Blacksburg. Um, man, was I wrong about Boston College? I thought they were going to be good. Um, Jerkovic, good luck in the NFL draft, dude. Things things aren't looking very well for you so far to start this season. So I, I don't know. Uh, Boston College is terrible. I guess I was completely wrong on that team. Virginia Tech gets the win. Good for them. Uh, Baylor BYU. I was a little nervous. I laid the two and a half points, and I was really confident in it to start. And then BYU releases the information or the news that they are there without their top two wide receivers. But uh, I wasn't hitting panic. It's not like I went out and hedged myself and bet a whole bunch of Baylor money line stuff. I stuck with it because you know it's not like their receivers are all that crazy good anyway. It's their O line. It's their defense. It's their D line. Um, it's Jaron Hall's a beast. And, and and there you have it. So um, they they got it done. Baylor, I'm not going to trust a, a, a rookie quarterback on the road, you know, a young quarterback. I'm not going to trust them on the road. Baylor, they're going to be in it with a lot of teams that are similar ta- talent-wise to them um, because they're just not a dominant football team. They're a team with a really good defense. They're like an upgraded Iowa and Wisconsin, okay? That's what, that's what I'll say. They're, you know, they're Wisconsin of the Big 12, I guess. You know, Aranda's running a good program down there. They're feisty. They're chippy. This one went to double overtime on the road. So, you know, there you have it. But um, BYU's just a really good fucking football team this year. That's that's the bottom line. BYU's for real. If their schedule wasn't so damn tough, they could be a playoff team. But they just – independence, man, that, that shit's tough. <laughs> I don't know why any of these teams want to be independent. It's just, it's rough. I know they're getting the hell out and they're, they're going to a conference, but that's what you should do. Cause I don't know. It's really, really tough. <laughs> um, Oregon state takes down Fresno avoids the upset 35, 32. Uh, so things looking really good for there for the Beavers. Let's keep a watch on them for winning the PAC 12, the plus 8,000 bet. Let's keep an eye on it. Mississippi State, Mike Leach's group, goes into Arizona, takes care of business. SEC team on the road. I laid the 12, and this was why. I think this team's pretty good this year. I don't think they're going to make major, major noise, but I think they can uh, They can go with anybody. So um, not that I think Arizona's a great team, but we know these SEC teams, when they hit the road and go any sort of distance, they struggle. This was the night game, the Pac-12 night game. Mississippi State goes on the road, gets it done. Got to love that. So that will do it for all the games. Uh, This has been the GCG. Uh, This has been Coastal Covers. Proto Papa and I will be back on Wednesday uh, recording our picks episode for week three. We're still hanging above 500. Um, We're still doing pretty good over here, especially with like our our major picks that we give you. uh, The ones we point out and circle and say like we really like these. We're doing pretty good with those games. So um we treaded the waters and hung above 500 for this really crazy fucking week here that we just had. Um, so let's see what week three brings us. And we're going to keep giving you picks, keep, keep, keep giving you winners. Uh, keep trying to grow this thing here. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Twitter at GCG underscore wins is my page or at coastal covers. 24 is the podcast page. And until Wednesday, we will see you next time. Uh-huh.